Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the offense battled their way to a huge inning to beat the Orioles. Ryan Brazier came in and got the save and continued a really, really hot stretch. And I don't know if it's even a stretch anymore, just a really hot, long stretch for the Dodgers bullpen. And we will talk about the reports that Shohei Otani will not be traded to real Los Angeles this year. That's what's on tap. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And uh, Vince, this was actually the first time I've heard the, uh, the our new intro music uh, on the podcast. I heard it, obviously, while I was putting it together, editing it, but first I've heard it in the context of the podcast because when I do a solo episode, I don't wear headphones, so I can't actually hear the music. So uh, that was fun. You, Whenever we hear the intro music, we can see each other bopping our heads to it but this was a little bit more boppable yeah you definitely get into a little bit more you know it just gets you hyped for for an episode of talking about the dodgers take us out to locked on dodgers baby uh and this is always going to be a fun episode anyway because the dodgers had a really good win on monday night uh didn't start off very well it looked like i mean the orioles are a really good team this year and we saw why the first few innings they they made emmett sheehan pay for his inexperience and you know he wasn't quite commanding the ball and they were punishing him and you know he gave up four runs uh but ultimately he only gave up the four runs in five innings you and i have talked a few times about how from some of these guys uh that is going to be enough and especially that's the case when the offense shows up and the bullpen shows up that's kind of the two things we're going to talk about related to this game is that the offense and the bullpen both showed up uh let's talk about the offense first vince it was that inning what was that the top top of the sixth i believe um, yeah, Dodgers were down four to one heading into the inning, and then they put up a five spot, including four runs with two outs. Uh, it's easy to get four runs with two outs when you hit a two out grand slam, but the whole inning was kind of a, a microcosm of this Dodgers offense when it's at its best because they battled almost everybody who was in a two strike count. Uh, Jason Hayward was in a two strike count and worked a huge walk to load the bases leading up to Chris Taylor. Uh, it was just that inning, if I was an opposing team watching that inning, I'd be like, how are we supposed to beat these guys? Yeah, especially coming off the couple innings before. You know, they had multiple guys on in that fourth inning. Only I got the one run, but looked more comfortable against Grayson Rodriguez the second time around. Uh, they continued that, you know, and then got into the Orioles bullpen and then, you know, took advantage of, of that and were able to do it. So, yeah, it was one of those where they were on the precipice of wasting another inning. You're like, dang, especially when Hayward went down 0-2. You know, Hayward hasn't looked amazing. He's one of those where 
overall his numbers look good, but every time you think about like a maybe a cut situation, you're like, hmm, I don't know if I want Jason Hayward batting right now. Um, he usually starts off innings more than like comes through in innings, uh, but this time he came through. Then Chris Taylor's down 0-2 right away, and you know we know how Chris Taylor can go with 0-2 and and how uh, prone he is to swinging at baseballs that aren't in the zone. But luckily, the guy was throwing them close enough to the zone. Taylor was able to foul a couple off, and then you know that was a, a the pitch he hit. He had to have been thinking that's what was coming because for you to hit 98 up and out and over like hit it the way he did, that was your guess of what was coming, and you know he guessed right. Yeah, and I think Fabian Ardaya tweeted out a heat map of that at bat, and it's where they were throwing him. You know, like uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out where they were going to face it or throw it because it wasn't. You know, they they were pounding that high and away spot, and uh, and it makes sense too because if you look at Chris Taylor's hot zone, he is a low ball hitter. His swing, it, you know, we kind of joke sometimes that he's got one of those swings that if the pitcher throws it where he's swinging, he's going to hit the ball hard, but. Uh, sometimes, you know, he, he's not necessarily the best at adjustments, but that was a huge example of making an in-and-bat adjustment, saying they're, they're pounding me high and away, and so I, I'm going to swing high and away. I'm going to hit this thing because he went up and got that thing, and it just kept carrying. I wasn't sure if it was going to get out. Like, as soon as you hit it, you're like, sweet, Dodgers are taking the lead because worst-case scenario, it's a three-run double because that, that left center is so big out in Camden Yards. You could tell as soon as we saw the outfield view, Nobody's catching that ball. It's probably a three-run double, but it just kept on going. And uh, Joe Davis, same. I, I don't know if Joe Davis knew it was gone or if he's just really, really good at his job. I maybe it's the way he reacted. I thought it was a double in the gap, easy. The way he reacted, I was like, oh, that's a home run. So. Yeah, and so you know, but I, I, I'll have to listen to some of his calls of doubles to the gap that look like they might get out and don't. You know, if maybe he's just good at adjusting. You know, he he made an in 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 game adjustment too. You know, but uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful. Taylor's second Grand Slam of the year, uh, making him the third Dodger with multiple Grand Slams this year. I think that was their ninth or ninth or tenth Grand Slam of the year as a team. Uh, huge. And, and then the game got really boring after that, like in a very good way. It was just, you know, the the bullpen shut things down. And you know, we're, we're going to talk about a lot about the bullpen in the next segment. Um, it was. I, I guess I want to talk a little bit more about Emmett Sheehan and, and just kind of the role of starting pitchers with this offense, because, you know, we, we obviously we're hoping the Dodgers trade for a starting pitcher uh, at the trade deadline in the third segment today. We'll talk about one guy who that probably won't be, um, but there's still going to be other pitchers available, whether it is Lucas Giolito or, you know, Corbin Burns has been told that he's not being traded. So maybe that's one name off the list, but you know, there's going to be some starting pitchers traded, but when the offense shows up like this, if a guy like Emmett Sheehan can give the Dodgers five innings and allow four runs, it's not a good game. It's not going to look good on the ERA, and it would be much, much better if he could go six innings and allow four runs. But even six innings, like I talked about before, six innings and four runs allowed is a six ERA, and yet that's all the Dodgers need right now from some of these guys. And and come the postseason, that probably won't be all they need. They're going to need better pitching then, but hopefully – you know, Kershaw and Julio and everybody will be healthy in the postseason, and and maybe they do go with more of a, a piggyback with some of these young guys or something. But right now, to get through the season, five or six innings and four runs is is awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you give me Sheehan, Miller, 
and whoever else is your other starter until Kershaw comes back and until they trade for somebody, you know, if you can give me those two, even just those two guys going five innings guaranteed every time four runs or less, that's going to be a win. Um, you know, at this point you need guys like Julio to give you that length though on the other days to go six innings, to go seven innings in order to, you know, alleviate the bullpen stress when they do need to go four innings instead of, you know, two innings or one inning or three innings, whatever it is. So yeah, it's exactly what they need from guys like that. And Sheehan, you know, the stuff is still there. He, you know, just got beaten a little bit there early on, but recovered nicely. I mean, the Orioles came in hot. The Orioles came in on an eight-game win streak. Their offense is really good. They got a lot of young guys. You know, Adley, he left the ball over the plate to Adley. That that scored the fourth run. Uh, but it was, you know, a, a serviceable start, especially from a guy that we didn't think was going to be in the major leagues when this year's when this season started. So if the Dodgers can keep in that, I talked about yesterday's episode how, you know, Syndergaard was maybe coming back. I don't know if Syndergaard can give you that. And I, I think at this point, I'd rather not have to take a chance on it if they don't need to. But again, if they do need some arms, he's the one guy. Pepio will probably take another three weeks to be ready. But once he's going, he can be a guy that easily can give you that. Uh, you would imagine with the stuff that he has and hopefully feeling more comfortable after kind of realizing what went wrong, you know, the last year with this command and everything else in, in his mechanics. So, yeah, the Dodgers, like I said, they're in a decent spot right now. The, obviously, with the bullpen being good, that really helps. We'll talk about that right now. But uh, you still kind of need somebody else to kind of get in there and settle it down just a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And we are going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about this bullpen. Ryan Brazier got the save this time because a couple of key relievers weren't available and it ended up not mattering because everybody in this bullpen lately has been awesome. So we're going to come back and talk about that. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning and please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to events should not be stressful. Uh, Whatever you're trying to buy tickets to, a Dodger game, a comedy show, a Taylor Swift concert, um, buying tickets to a Taylor Swift concert is always going to be stressful. Sorry, unless you're you know, rolling in dough, which I'm not. But I am trying to buy tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. You know what I've noticed? I don't even look at other sites. All I do, I keep a tab open uh, on gametime.co where on uh, every morning on my computer, I look and see, hey, the, the concert's in LA. What are the prices right now? It hasn't gummed down any. Is it getting closer to something a person like me can afford? And, you know, I love not having to worry about going to any of the other possible third-party sites because I know GameTime is going to give me the best price. How do I know that? Because they guarantee it. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. So you can get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I saw a tweet the other day about uh, a competing uh, ticket third-party site where somebody bought tickets to a Cubs game and the picture from their seat didn't show a pillar in front of them and then they got to their seats and there was a pillar. You're not going to get that on game time. It's actual photographs, real photos, so you know exactly what to expect. You can buy it in a matter of seconds. It's so easy. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
All right, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. We want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game. If you can't watch it on TV or be there in person, you can always listen to the hometown radio feed on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on on SiriusXM, the SXM app, by searching for Locked On Dodgers. If you're watching this on YouTube, we would love to hear from you in the YouTube comments section. We've been getting a lot of good comments there lately, a lot of uh, action there. Appreciate that. And uh, we especially want to thank you everydayers for being here with us every day. If you're not an everydayer, it's a super easy club to jo- join. All you do is watch or listen every day. Uh, and uh, speaking of every day, this Dodgers bullpen seems to be good every day. The Dodgers have played four games since the All-Star break now, and the bullpen has allowed zero earned runs. Uh, the only run they allowed was in the 10th inning on Sunday. Uh, Nick Robertson gave up the game-winning hit. That run is unearned because the guy who scored was put on base because of Rob Manfred's stupidity, not because of anything he did. Uh, and, and so the Dodgers bullpen hasn't allowed an earned run, which is uh, kind of par for the course over the last month or so, right, Vince? It is, especially in the month of July. Funnily enough, the Dodgers' worst reliever in the month of July by ERA is Evan Phillips. And I'll just run down some ERAs of some of the other guys. This is again in the month of July. Had a few, you know, had that week off, but regardless, uh, you have Ryan Brazier, one one three in eight innings. Bruce Dargadero, zero ERA and five and a third. Evan or Alex Vesia, zero ERA and five and a third. Phil Bickford, zero ERA, four and a third. Yancy Almonte, zero ERA, four innings. And then you got well, Nick Robertson technically has a zero ERA, but the, that's a lot of relievers with a zero ERA in the month of July so far. And during the broadcast, they showed a game, they showed a stat. I believe since June 20th, the Dodgers have the best uh, bullpen ERA in all of baseball. And you know, Ryan Brazier, the guy that closed it out, joined the Dodgers on June 21st. So maybe there's a little bit of a correlation there. Yeah, uh, since Alex Vesia came back from the minor leagues, the most recent time, he hasn't allowed a run. He's been awesome. And and it's not just lefties that he's been doing well against. He has uh, he and Caleb Ferguson both. It's the two lefties the Dodgers have in the bullpen right now, and both of them are seeing a lot of right-handed pinch hitters and still getting the job done. You know, Vesey has only allowed one hit since he came back. Uh, I I think uh, I think he's only had one outing where he didn't strike anybody out. He's he's just looked awesome. Ferguson ever since those couple blowups against the Reds, Ferguson has been outstanding uh you know it's just been guy after guy and, and brazier like you said like i remember a few weeks ago we we talked about ryan brazier just because we wanted to be able to we had said say we had said his name and uh he's making us look smart for that because brazier he's a guy who showed potential at times with the red Sox, uh but what he's done lately uh, you what? What did you say, Vince? Before we hit record, he's, it's a, a cutter that he's been yeah, throwing. Yeah, he more? said he added a cutter, and that ever since then everything's been clicking for him. Yeah, and, and you can tell because he gets a lot of soft contact, and soft contact usually means keeping guys off balance because if they can't get their timing right, that's when you're going to get weak contact. And uh, you know, being able to keep guys off balance like that, the cutter probably added that in so that he can. Keep them guessing just enough to not hit the ball hard. He's getting his share of strikeouts, not a ton, but getting his share of strikeouts and not letting him hit the ball hard. Uh, he did walk a guy uh, in, in the ninth inning. Uh, I, I was actually following the game cast. I, I, I had to go to a concert my mother-in-law was playing in. Uh, Vince, there was some sort of pitch clock violation going on there? Yeah, so he 
asked for a new baseball with like seven seconds left on the clock and he threw a strike. It would have been a strikeout. And then the umpires met. And I guess I was too late in the, I guess, I don't know. I guess it was too late to ask for a new ball, even though he could have just disengaged and asked for a new, like, I don't know how it all worked out, but. Well, you can't disengage with nobody on the, the clock doesn't stop when you disengage disengagements only happen with, with runners on. So that's interesting. So that was ball four Mm -hmm. that put him on base. Uh, yeah, but then he got a double ball play. Don't lie, though. Ball don't lie, though. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that usually mostly applies in basketball, but sometimes in baseball we get a, a ball don't lie. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, getting that ground ball when he needed it. Uh, it was – Ryan Brazier has been really, really good, and uh, like, like you said, Evan Phillips has been the worst Dodger reliever this month, and he, he's been very good too. You know, uh, it's just compared to everybody else, all those zero ERAs are hard to compete with. Yeah, you check and you check on the bullpen. You know, you go last 30 days, even just getting into June. You know, Ryan Brazier, 146 ERA in 12 innings. Amante, Ferguson, Gratterall have a zero ERA over the last 30 days, all throwing at least nine innings. Uh, the NCL did allow some runs, but they were unearned. But you look at Brazier over this year, just this season so far, and he started the year throwing his four seam fastball. 50% of the time, 50% of the time in April, 55% of the time in May, uh, got let go. And in June and July, since he's joined the Dodgers, his forcing fastball usage is down to 34%. And the cutter usage went from 0% to 4.5% to now 34.3%. He's throwing his cutter a majority of the time now. All his other pitches obviously went down in usage. So... You know, the numbers back up what he says is that he learned that cutter, started throwing that cutter, and, uh, you know, the Dodgers are starting to, to reap the benefits from it. Yeah, and uh, I, I got to give Dave Roberts a little credit. We we saw somebody in the YouTube comments criticizing Roberts' handling of the bullpen uh, on on Sunday's game, bringing in Nick Robertson there in the in the 10th inning instead of Yancy Almonte. And uh, at the time, like – once the Dodgers didn't score in the top of the 10th on Sunday, it was, you know, we have to get the Mets out twice. Um, best case scenario, you have to get them out twice because even if you hold them in the 10th and then you score in the 11th, you still have to get them out again. And so with the way the bullpen has been, that meant Nick Robertson was going to have to pitch in that game, either the 10th or the 11th. And honestly, like, obviously you want to win the game, but you'd rather lose in the 10th than the 11th. And when you look at the part of the lineup that was coming up and everything, the Dodgers' best chance of winning that game was probably give Nick Robertson the 10th, that part of the lineup, and then Yancey Almonte the 11th, uh, and, and hope for the best. But the second best scenario for the Dodgers in that game was to lose in the 10th instead of the 11th or later, because that meant Yancey Almonte didn't have to pitch. Because and, and then that carried over to Monday when – Evan Phillips and Bruce Dargretta were both unavailable because of their workload the last couple of days. And then you only get five innings from Emmett Sheehan. And, and you're really, really hoping at that point, uh, if Almonte had had to pitch on Sunday night, it would have really jammed things up for Monday. And so, you know, I, I think that was a really good example of people not always giving Dave Roberts credit for looking at the big picture when he's managing the bullpen and recognizing that uh, if you play to win every single game, your chances chances are your record's going to be worse overall because you can't win every single game and so and so you can't play to win every single game and, and sometimes you have, even in a tie game there uh you know Roberts had to kind of weigh the future of the team 
And it worked out perfectly because the guys he employed on Monday were all outstanding and Yancy Almonte was available to be really good. Yeah, at this point for the Dodgers, you can't, you know, like I said, in a tie game, you can't necessarily play to win every game. I think at this point with the Dodgers, just the way it is, if they have a lead, you play to win that game. And we saw them do that, and it didn't work out that one day with Evan Phillips when they pitched them on the third day in a row. But, you know, when you have a lead, you're playing to win. And the thing with it now, like, you know, the bullpen's been good for a while. Obviously, it's not going to be – not obviously, but it might not be this good the rest of the way. But just, like, people don't even give guys a chance. Like, I even saw when Ryan Brazier was coming in to close it out, there's already people complaining before the inning started. Like, oh, man, what is Roberts doing throwing Brazier in there? And, again, it's, you know, not not going to say everybody, but it's very likely that those people didn't know that Evan Phillips and Gradrow had thrown the last two nights and they weren't going to throw a third night in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it takes is looking at box scores, even if you weren't watching the games, to understand why Evan Phillips wasn't in that game. And and that's why, you know, on Sunday, Dodgers had Almonte and Robertson warming up in the top of the 10th because if they had scored, they would have gone to Almonte, and they didn't, so they went to Robertson. So, uh, all right, we're going to come back in a minute and talk about a guy who's not on the Dodgers and looks like probably won't be this year, although we're still holding out hope for next year. Uh, that's Shohei Otani. So, Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. Hey, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. We want to remind you again to check out the Dodgers hometown radio broadcast every time they play live on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the app and search for Dodgers. Also want to thank all of you everydayers for being here with us every day. If you uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, we we did start a little giveaway on Monday, giving away uh, a bobblehead. I'll actually hold it up here if you're watching on YouTube. It's this uh, triple MVP from the 1981 World Series, Pedro Guerrero, Steve Yeager, and Ron Say. I've got an extra one, so we're giving it away. And uh, the our Twitter account has the details on how you can get in on that. All you got to do is prove that you subscribe either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app, and you're entered to win. Uh, or prove both, and then you're uh, entered twice. So, anyway, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers for all that info. Uh, Shohei Otani, Vince, very good baseball player, possibly going to be traded this month. Uh, the Angels are they did beat the uh, the Yankees on Monday night in a walk off. It was the the Angels' fourth walk off of the year, Vince. It was their first walk off hit. Their first three walk offs, they had an error and two wild pitches. So uh, they actually got a walk-off hit from Michael Stefanik. St- Stefan, Jack Stefan. Um, that, that's for all you old-time Californians who liked it so much when I did my Jack Stefan routine a couple weeks ago. Um, anyway, uh, the Angels won a game, so they're, they're still battling. They're still kind of in the hunt, but uh, they if they fall out any further, they're likely going to at least seriously consider trading Shohei Otani but I believe it was John Heyman who reported that it won't be the Dodgers they trade him to. Yeah, Heyman said that he believes it's up to 25% chance that Otani does get traded. And then right after he said that, he said, but it won't be to basically he said, but it won't be to the Dodgers. And you know, this is what we've kind of heard, assumed, thought, just because you know, Artie Moreno, and there's already been issues with trades with the Dodgers in the past, and you know. 
Artie Moreno is a prideful man, and that's one of the reasons why the Angels might not trade Otani, even if they are not real. I mean, they're technically in playoff contention for a wild card spot, but with Trout out for so long with Rendon, well, I guess I haven't really had Rendon anyways, but, you know, jury's out. They've had a lot of guys out, and they're not necessarily that good. They've just good enough so far. Uh, but either way, regardless of all that, yeah, uh, this is kind of what we expected. Clearly, you know, if they wanted to do it right and try to maximize their return for Otani, the Dodgers would be one of the first teams you look at just based on the fact of they have a lot of guys in the top 100. And the report was that they're looking for at least two guys in the top 100 prospects uh, for basically just to start a deal. So, yeah, uh, that's up to them. It would suck, you know, obviously, especially seeing the, the way Otani hit that home run last or layout last night. Uh, tonight while we're recording, had the bat flip. It was just one of those like, man, that looks so good at Dodger Stadium. But uh, yeah, we can't. The Dodgers at this point, like, I don't know what, like, if Friedman called and said, "Oh, here's, uh, we'll trade you all nine of our top 100 prospects." Like, would Artie Moreno still have pride? I don't know. Yeah, maybe he'll follow the Dick Monfort route and just pay the Cardinals to take him, <laughs> like he did with Nolan Arenado, instead of trading him to the Dodgers. So, yeah, it's you know. I understand it. it. It's always been a rivalry in Artie Marino's head. It's why he named the team the Los Angeles Angels. He has this little obsession with Los Angeles, and, and I get it. Um, if your goal, though, is to is to put together the best team possible, and you are considering trading Otani, even just for practical purposes, don't take the Dodgers off the table because guess what? The Yankees don't have to offer as much. If the Dodgers aren't in contention, you know, nobody has to offer as much if the team with nine prospects in the top 100 and a big need isn't even an option. If you're not accepting offers from them, it's just dumb business, if nothing else. And, uh, you know, obviously I'd love to have Otani. I I said a couple of weeks ago, Otani, the one thing that I think makes it less likely for the Dodgers to trade for Otani is he's less of an upgrade than he is for a lot of teams because the Dodgers do have a productive DH right now. Um, some people, uh, because they live to misinterpret things, uh, thought I was saying he's not an upgrade, even though what my words were was he's less of an upgrade than he is for other teams. You know, Dodgers definitely, Otani's an upgrade for the starting rotation for sure. And he's a upgrade, but a smaller upgrade at the DH position. And they would have to figure out J.D. Martinez, J.D. and or Otani would have to play the outfield some. You know, there would be some things to work out. Uh, so it was always kind of unlikely for the Dodgers to trade for him anyway. It's pretty silly though of Artie Marino to let his pride get in the way to where he's going to get less for Otani from some other team just to make sure that everybody knows he hates the Dodgers. Yeah, I do wonder, and I don't think I've seen anyone ask J.D. Martinez, like, would the Dodgers have said, hey, start getting your legs a little bit in shape you might need to play outfield. There's a potential that you might have to play more outfield. Like they've had worse outfield. Well, maybe not. I don't know. We haven't really seen JD play, but they've had some bad outfield left fielders in the past that could rake. Uh, Yeah. Both Ramirez, Ramirez, Martinez uh, would have been, you know, the names of, of them if JD had joined them. But I do wonder if there was a conversation like, Hey, you know what? We might ask you to uh, get your legs moving a little bit more these next couple of weeks in case something happens. Yeah, probably got to include 2018 Matt Kemp in that group too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but sounds like it's going to be a non issue because if Otani gets traded, it won't be to the Dodgers. 
that's okay. They'll sign him in the offseason for just money instead of money and prospects. And uh, everybody wins, especially us. And that's all that really matters to us, right? That is all that really matters to us, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today, right? Dodgers play the Orioles again today. Good start to this series, pulling out this win. I, I feel like this was a really big win for the Dodgers, going up against a very good Orioles team, getting down by three runs early uh, twice and coming back to win the game. I think it was huge. Yeah, I mean, this whole road trip coming out of the break is is big. You know, Mets, even though they're struggling, they played pretty well there toward the end of the break. You got the Orioles who came in on eight-game win streak. And then you got the Rangers who were in first place in the AOS after this. So, you know, this whole thing was a break. So now you just got to win one of the next two, and you've already won the first two series of the trip. And then you go into Texas and hopefully, you know, take another two out of three at least, and then uh, you're looking pretty. Yep. All right. Well, thank you all for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen. Thank you, Everydayers, for being with us every day. Remember, you can catch the Dodgers uh, live radio broadcast, hometown radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. Uh, be sure to listen to us every day. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince since 91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning. We hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.